Welcome to FYI, the Public Libraries Podcast. I'm Kathleen Hughes, Manager of Publications for the Public Library Association. Today our guest is Claire Larkin. Claire is a Library Services Specialist at the San Antonio Public Library. After four years as a children's librarian, she joined the Little Red Wagon, the library's early literacy outreach department. She is the author of the latest book in PLA's Quick Read series, Teaching Early Literacy to Teen Parents. Welcome, Claire. Thank you for having me. Let's get started with a little bit of background. Can you tell us what is the Little Red Wagon? The Little Red Wagon is the Early Literacy Outreach Department of the San Antonio Public Library. All of our programs are based on the Every Child Ready to Read, the second edition, five practices, uh, reading, writing, talking, singing, and playing. We serve parents and caregivers of children from birth to age five, and I would say including pregnant parents, uh, through programs ranging from parent workshops, story times at child care centers, early childhood teacher trainings, programs outdoors in the parks called Play and Learns, reading villages at pickup times for children and grown-ups to read a short book together, of course, our outreach to parenting teens. Right now, we have three full-time staff members and two part-time staff members. When did the library begin reaching out to teen parents? Well, Little Red Wagon was established in 2002, and it was quickly discovered that the teen pregnancy rate here in San Antonio and the greater Bear County area is much higher than the national average. Teen parent outreach was established as sort of a core service. In those initial phases, those initial years, uh, it was somewhat inconsistent, and we were using a script, or staff was using a script for it. So you can imagine how well a script went over with teens. And then in 2008, my predecessor uh, designed the current format of our teen parent outreach. It's a super simple and effective way to give presentations to teen parents that revolve around a make-and-take project designed to be completed in about 45 minutes, which is a typical class period. And what are the special needs of this group? Do you find that they're difficult to reach? Uh, they can be, mostly because library services need to be brought to them. Many teen parents lack reliable transportation. They're working with, uh, dealing with parenting, school. Often many of them that I encounter are working as well. There's relationship difficulties, both with uh, the relationship with their co-parent, their relationship with their families that they're living with. Um, sometimes their living situations are not really stable. Um, and then they're also dealing with all of the typical teenage things that are happening at that time. So when you add that baby to the mix, it really it really makes it challenging. Um, but most of the time, you know, they're in the schools. So if you can establish a relationship with a school, then um, you can sometimes get in that way. And here in San Antonio and Bear County, we often have social workers who work directly with the teens, connecting them to resources to help support them, to keep them in school, and to get them to graduate. Are you finding success getting the message to them, the early literacy message? We have great success with it. I have been working with teen parents for a little over three years now. We are one of the most requested groups um, to come to the schools. Uh, the teens request us some our themselves. Uh, they have told me that they want us to come more regularly, like every week. They'll share details about their children's lives with us. There are things like, you know, I got a great big hug from one mom when I saw her at an outside community event, and this was months after I had last seen her. One dad told me that he feels like he's a better parent after the conclusion of our visits at his campus. Um, that was really pretty amazing. I had a couple moms who told me that they really like 
our visits because we don't make her feel bad about being a teen mom. Right, that's important. We help work with her to show her how to be a better mom. And are the schools open to the library coming in and teaching? How does that work? We've been doing it for so long that they really know us. They know we're a known entity. And, you know, the public library is a pretty trustworthy institution. The the tricky thing is to establish our relevancy to uh, what the schools are trying to accomplish. Um, And sometimes that's proving to the principal that uh, the programs that we're offering uh, are of value um, and that students should be actually pulled out from their elective periods or uh, we should be using class time to do um, public library programs, um, early literacy programs with them. So I have found, though, that if I can get in front of that stakeholder, in front of that principal or whoever it is that is making the decision and show them what we do and talk to them about what we do, 100% they have me back. And are there any other community organizations that you do the training at? There have been a couple other outside organizations um, through Head Start and things like that that we have gone out to do programs with. One teacher group that was doing outreach service uh, through a sorority group that they were involved with. Um, And we went out and did um, a story time for the teens uh, with their children. And that's always great when we can involve uh, both the teen and their child. But again, that's hard to do, going back to that point that I was making about access to transportation. Getting them both in one place at one time can be tricky. So if you can work with uh, possibly child care centers that support those children. I know at some districts we have a child care center associated with it. And then at other school districts, um, there is Early Head Start Center that serves teens. Um, and then there's alternative campuses here in our area that um, have the teens the moms and their children on the same campus. So the mothers will be in school and the children will be in the child care center. And if we can reach both of them, that sort of brings it home in, in a whole nother way as well. Not only teaching the teens early literacy to share with their children, but also teaching the teens about early literacy and inspiring them to learn. I wonder if it impacts their stay in school rate. We hope it does because really what we're trying to do is to give them these tools to support their children's success. But I think in turn that supports their success because all of those uh, early literacy practices, the reading, writing, talking, singing, and playing, goes to supporting a healthy child development. And we talk about, you know, what child development looks like at different stages in a child's life. And we sort of normalize some of the challenging behaviors on the part of toddlers, right? And we talk about how you can use singing to help with transitions, how you can use reading to establish a bedtime routine. And then with that, we can talk about how important those routines are for children's development and how important it is to the parent to have routines like that because it allows then for the play to happen, which is another one of those five practices, because our children can't learn through play if their brains are stressed, trying to figure out what comes next. So we talk about with singing how that can lower our heart rate and our respiratory rate and that in turn um, helps to lower our baby's heart rate and our baby's respiratory rate. We talk a lot about how your baby does as well as you're doing and so using these five practices you can help your baby but you're also helping yourself. Why don't you walk us through a typical program? We 
visit each campus between three and five times throughout the school year. And um, that can be weekly, that can be monthly, that can be, you know, twice in the fall semester, you know, three times in the spring semester, however that teacher or social worker can organize the visit. Um, at the first visit, we, ha we call it the intro introductory visit. We talk about all five practices and we decorate uh, tote bags that have uh, each of the five practices listed and has the public library uh, logo on it as well. We give them fabric markers. We just introduce ourselves and introduce the library, talk about library services a little bit. And then we bring samples of our make and take selections. So we have um, felt books to make. We have song books to make. We have gel boards. Uh, we have uh, little felt finger puppets. We have what we call squishy bags. We have sensory bottles and a whole bunch of other things as well. What is the importance of the make and take project? The make and take is sort of like the how do you do these five practices with your child? And it also gets the teen's hands busy. We sort of know that when we have busy hands, we have a more active mind. It lessens the number of distractions that are around. And when they're busy with something, they'll often start to open up a little bit um, and talk about, you know, what their child is doing. They'll ask you questions about reading, um, about singing, and things like that. And it also sort of lets you talk about the practice that you're focusing on, or all five of them, in a way that is more um, concrete for them. You're not talking at them, you're talking with them. You're sort of showing them the why as they're doing the how. And what is the most popular make and take project you've found? Probably the most popular one is the gel board. We use a foam core, a 10 by 12 inch foam core piece, and a Ziploc gallon baggie filled with hair gel I mean, not too much hair gel, food coloring. And then you attach the baggie to the foam core and cover it with contact paper. And then you have a, a writing surface. Um, and they just love that one. The Play-Doh was really popular as well, uh, but we don't make the Play-Doh because we don't always have access to a microwave in the classroom. Overall, what is the reaction of the teens to your early literacy trainings? They enjoy the hands-on activities. They're all really simple projects. We make sure that all of the materials that we use are easily uh, purchased. At, you could even get most of the supplies at a dollar store. They really enjoy making something to bring home to their, their children. They get real pleasure in being able to give their children something that they have made. And they really see the, the value in that, right? The purse, being able to personalize the activities is really important. It makes it more meaningful and valuable to them. Has the library tried to do any evaluation? The last time we did real formal evaluation for a few years up until about 2013, it was a lot of paperwork. So we sort of stopped doing it for a little while. And we are right now in the process of figuring out a simpler method of evaluating that doesn't require so much matching of individuals because when we were doing, you know, the five visits and you were trying to match each person, it was it was pretty tedious. It took up a lot of time with paperwork, um, and we, we really wanted to focus our time on being out in the community. For listeners who would like to start a similar program, what would you recommend as first steps? The first thing I would do was, would be to look at your statistics. Build a case for serving teen parents. So gather data on your community. Uh, here in San Antonio, our teen birth rate is 49% higher than the U.S. birth rate, and that number helps support 
our aim of serving those teen parents. You can't argue with that statistic. Spend some time thinking about your existing relationships with schools and other organizations who might serve teen parents and figure out where your teen parents are. Are they on a traditional school campus, at an alternative campus, at charter schools? Where are they in the community and how can you get to them? Don't be afraid to not be successful on your first go around. And always remember that you can call us here at uh, Little Red Wagon and we can talk to you about how we did it. We can help answer any of your questions. We want this program to go national, go international. It's a really, really valuable service. What are some tips for working with teen parents overall? You need to respect them as parents and individuals. We have this phrase that one of our former colleagues popularized, don't should on them. Don't tell them what they should be doing. Tell them, you know, how to do these things. And remember that, you know, they're parents. Like any other parents, they're doing the best they can with the tools that they have. And uh, one of the things we see our job is to give them more tools, to use the five practices to give them more tools. Every parent wants to raise a successful child. One thing I didn't mention earlier was that each program we also give students a selection of board books to choose from or bath books or cloth books. Uh, We make sure we include high contrast infant books and they take home a book at each session to build their child's library. There's a big difference from working with teens who are parents whose babies have been born versus teens who are pregnant. Teens who are pregnant, this is, you know, babies often in very abstract concept, even if they've been around children, even if they have younger siblings and nieces or nephews. So when you're working with pregnant teens, you don't usually have as much engagement. You don't have as much uh, back and forth dialogue um, as with teens who are already parenting active, more actively. Talk to them about, you know, what infant development looks like, you know, the first uh, six months of the baby's life. That was a lot of great information. Is there any other tips or anything else you wanted to share? You know, the most challenging aspect for me when I first started this work was figuring out what to say to them, how to make the practices relevant to them. I would say just, you know, familiarize yourself with the Every Child Ready to Read five practices and think about examples that you can use with them to start talking about it because it relates, those five practices can get you into all sorts of fun stories and, and, and tools that you can give to the parents. And I imagine with time and practice, it gets easier. I tell my parents all the time, I'm like, it's just practice, right? You don't have to do it over and over again, and it gets faster, it gets easier. And really, the first few times are the scariest, and then things get a little easier. Thank you very much to our guest today, Claire Larkin. Claire is the author of the latest book in PLA's Quick Read series, Teaching Early Literacy to Teen Parents, you can check it out at www.pla.org.